Tom Bernard Show with Andy Brad Bernard and Mike Bellina. And we'll be right back in a couple of seconds. Kick things off. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. All right, you're just trying to annoy me. Is that the plan? Maybe. The Eagles win the Super Bowl before the Vikings do. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, God. What are you going to do? I tell you what, I, I did enjoy the Super Bowl. I thought it was a great Super Bowl. I liked the commercials. I liked the halftime show. People on social media just like to bitch. That's all they like to do. Everything sucks. Everything's horrible. I just, what was the problem? Did, did you have any problem with any of it? No. No, I liked it. No, it was yeah. fine. Andy, you didn't watch it, I'm sure. I did not. I didn't think you would, but, uh, I, yeah, I, Justin Timberlake's halftime show falls flat. No, it didn't. It was wonderful. I mean, the, the Prince tribute was great. He dressed in a plaid shirt, uh, one of those lumberjack shirts. <laughs> hipster shirt. Uh, you know, he didn't doll all up or anything like that. He just came out and did a hell of a job. I really thought the uh, the Prince tribute was, was really sweet. I thought it was great, uh, especially when they CGI'd all the downtown Minneapolis to be purple and the glyph appeared around U.S. Bank Bird Killer Stadium. <laughs> so uh, I thought, seriously, I thought the, the game was interesting. I, the only thing I don't understand is why, when Tom Brady knew the ball was gone, did he still try to, try to throw it? 
I mean, you have to know the ball is gone. If, if the ball is ripped out of your hand, you have to know it's gone. Why would you still try to throw it? I don't know. It's, uh, it, was, it was probably his only hiccup last night. I mean, he threw for over 500 and yards. And, I mean, you thought, God, amazing. The, uh, the most yards ever in any NFL game, Super Bowl, or regular season. The most yeah. yards ever. Yep. Is that Lammers? This is. Yeah, so oh, it's working pretty you. well. Oh, listen to that. Listen, we had installed new phone lines. What do you think of that action? Mm-hmm. I love it, man. That sounds great. I love it. I'm not echoing? No, no. not at all. You sound great. And, uh, Mike, on your end, it's good? Yep, everything sounds good. What's that? Okay. Yeah, everything okay. sounds good to Melina, too. Absolutely. So, uh, you called in just in time, Tim, so I could annoy and torture Melina. Okay, you ready? <laughs> Sure. CNN poked the bear on Friday. This is CNN travel. Now, wouldn't you think that CNN travel would know what the hell they're talking about? Would know where everything. If you're a travel outfit, yeah, don't you think you'd know where everything is? You'd hope. <laughs> CNN travel poked the bear Friday when it posted a travel article calling St. Paul a neighborhood of Minneapolis. <laughs> oh. oh man, did you know about this, Molina? Yeah. I was making the rounds over in uh, St. Paul. Sure. At CNN, named St. Paul, the capital city of Minnesota, one of Minneapolis's must-see neighborhoods, Nick <laughs> Woltman. Uh, oh, no, they did not, posted one Twitter user. Other comments followed, mostly GIFs of people rolling their eyes or shaking their heads. Is it GIF or JIF? It's JIF, but people GIF. say both. They say both? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's not the article aimed at Super Bowl visitors. It's the problem so much as the headline, Minneapolis is must-see neighborhoods, the North Loop, downtown, uptown, and the lakes, and St. Paul. (laughs) (laughs) St. Paul's a neighborhood of Minneapolis. I, You know, we do get reminded, since we're not on the West Coast, we're not on the East Coast, that we really don't matter. They think that St. Paul is a neighborhood of Minneapolis, some guy, we got a great uh, text or email this morning from a listener that said his uh, sister was on a bus coming from Duluth to Minneapolis, St. Paul, sitting next to an Eagles fan with a ticket to the Super Bowl. Now you're saying, why is an Eagles fan with a ticket to the Super Bowl going from Duluth mm-hmm. to Minneapolis, St. Paul? Uh, because Mr. Philadelphia thought Duluth was a suburb of Minneapolis. <laughs> I see. I mean, honestly, God. <laughs> wouldn't he, wouldn't well, he, he might have gotten a, a cheaper plane ticket, right? <laughs> well, that's probably true. Also, he thought you could fly into a suburb. That's kind of <laughs> odd. Yeah, it's some odd thing. Well, I suppose in Chicago you got two airports, and a lot of a lot of major cities yes. have two airports. But I, I, how do you not know Duluth <laughs> is not a suburb of Minneapolis? And well, yeah, Paul? like just Google it first to make sure you know where you're going. Uh. Although Led Zeppelin, don't forget what Led Zeppelin did. Led Zeppelin played at the Met Center in Bloomington one night and St. Paul Civic Center the next night because he thought they were in two different states. <laughs> so I'm assuming he thought it was Bloomington, Indiana uh-huh. and St. Paul, Minnesota. But, but I just like all most flights into Duluth have to go through MSP anyways, right? I mean, there's no direct that's true. Yeah. Like, moron. How the hell do you get from Philadelphia to Duluth without going through Minneapolis-St. Paul first? Mm. Let's see if I can find a flight Philadelphia <laughs> to Duluth. <laughs> and he's looking to see if he can get a flight. But uh, yeah, other than the uh, St. Paul is a neighborhood in Minneapolis, and Duluth is a suburb of Minneapolis. Uh, 
Justin Timberlake's halftime show falls flat despite assist from marching band and Prince. I, I couldn't disagree more. I thought Justin Timberlake was was very charming. I thought the tribute to Prince was very sweet. I loved how Timberlake went up in the stands, took a picture with Ryan McKenna. Someone in the chat uh, said that the audio was bad at the beginning. I, I mean, I obviously wouldn't know, but... The audio of what? The Timberlake thing. It was? I didn't hear that. Was it just too... The audio was just too low? They couldn't hear it uh, all that well at the beginning of Timberlake? Well, you guys watched it. Yeah, I didn't notice anything. You didn't notice anything? We got that great... That brand new TV, so... That's true. So maybe it boosted the audio for us, because, yeah, I didn't hear that at all. It does have built-in compression, so that's possible if the dynamic was too... She, She says you couldn't hear him, only the music. Oh, yes. And someone else agreed. Yeah, see, my TV, I got, we got a brand new television, and it has a compression uh, that, compressor in it. Yeah, that might have fixed it, because apparently, yeah, he was just really, really low. Yeah, that's not good. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Uh, there are actually a lot of flights, but, yeah, pretty much all of them stop in MSP. Not all of them, though. Here's one that, what's Ord? Ord is uh, Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Yeah, yes. So, yeah, you can get to Duluth without going to Minneapolis. <laughs> so you went Philadelphia to Chicago <laughs> to Duluth? I believe so. And it's a six-hour flight, too. <laughs> it's a six-hour flight. Oh. Normally, to get from Philadelphia to MSP is maybe three hours at the moment. Maybe yeah, three The hours. shortest of these flights is five and a half hours. Oh, though. man. Horrible. <laughs> and then MSP, yeah, let's see. MSP, yeah. yep, three hours nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> Did he not notice that? I guess not. How do you not notice that your flight is twice as long as all the other oh. ones? And it's not like it was cheaper because the Minneapolis flight, well, maybe at the time it was actually. Uh, flying in for the Super Bowl thing. Yeah, because right now uh, the tickets to Minneapolis are 330 whereas to Duluth it's like 500 because you have to stop and everything, Gosh. the amount of fuel. So yeah, I suppose I don't. Yeah, maybe but it was all the wasted time too. I mean, think yeah. about all that and the and the bus ticket. You know, I mean, yeah, it's maybe a smart move, maybe a dumb move. But I'm thinking in, in this case, it's a dumb move. Yeah, an extra three hours on a plane plus two hours on a bus. Oh God! Yeah, maybe three hours on a bus because no. it is what 150 miles. Uh, yeah, and then he's got to go back up there. Miles. And then he's got to go back up to fly. Oh, yeah. out if to he Luka. bought a return ticket, yeah. <laughs> hey, Duluth's a great Yikes. city. I like going up. We go there every Christmas and stay in a cabin on the lake. It's wonderful. But uh, one one has taken a grand total of ten extra hours to visit it. Yeah. Okay, no, because then you know three hours plus uh, there and back plus the. Two-hour bus drive there and back. Right, ten hours that he wasted. All right. Well, look at it this way. I think that he's probably he didn't mind since the, the Eagles won. Yeah. It would have been a longer ride probably. home if it, if he if they hadn't. That's true. Probably. So he probably true. didn't even care. And if you're busy flying for five and a half hours, you're probably not eating horse poop like the guy in the Philadelphia did. You see that? No. <laughs> <laughs> No. He was so happy he knelt down in the street and ate a horse turd <laughs> because the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Huh. Explain that to me, how that... Mania, it's literal mania. It is mania. Yeah. Well, you, you've you heard about some of the antics, right? I mean, somebody smashed a window of a Macy's to take a selfie with a mannequin. Naturally. Uh, they, 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 they tore down stoplights. They, um, what was the other thing I heard they did? You know, it, it was a riot. 
Yeah. Basically, I knew this much. They win, they riot, they lose, they riot. Yeah. They riot. <laughs> well, they do. Well, in Canada, didn't they, like, kill a bunch of people when they won some hockey game or something? That did happen a long time ago, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> people, people are dumb. I did love yeah. the Philly cops before the game were greasing up the poles with some kind of substance yeah. where you climb on it and then you fall off. Mm. Did you see what they did, though? No. Uh, they tried to climb up the poles. They slid down, so they tore down the pole. They tore them down. Yeah. yeah those are yeah. those are cases where I totally agree with the London style of having cameras everywhere outside. Because yeah. outside, you, you don't have an expectation of privacy outside anyway. No. So, you know. Quite true. Whatever. If, if someone wants to follow you around taking your picture, they can do that. So what's the difference if it's a security camera? Yeah, oh, exactly. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this guy, apparently, who wrote this uh, this article about St. Paul being a, a neighborhood in Minneapolis, the writer of the article, Minneapolis freelancer Joel Hoekstra, thought the reaction was typical of the ongoing sibling rivalry between the Twin Cities. I do not think that St. Paul is a neighborhood of Minneapolis, he said. Everybody knows it's a suburb of Woodbury. St. Paul, are you laughing yet? In the article, which tells Super Bowl travelers what else to see while they're in town, Hoekstra calls St. Paul the place to become a kid again, directing folks to the Minnesota Children's Museum, the Science Museum of Minnesota, and the Bell Museum of Natural History. No, that's that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those are all great things in St. Paul. I love St. Paul, Hoekstra says. It's great. He added slyly that it's a nice, quiet city for people to retreat to after enjoying all the Super Bowl excitement in Minneapolis. What is this guy's problem? <laughs> he thinks he's funny. Yeah, well, the people of St. Paul don't think it's so funny, so I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't overreact to it, but calling St. Paul a suburb, not a, even a suburb, a calling it a neighborhood yeah. of me. Yeah. Being from Dayton, I have absolutely, I've never had any sort of city pride because it's, you know, how, how do you have pride in a city where, you know, no one knows that it exists? So I just grew up the first 20 plus years of my life. Uh that just didn't exist, so at this point, I don't really care where I'm from. Right. Um, I should tell people, by the way, because I've gotten this article, Market Watch, I think is where it first popped up, but I'm getting this article from several listeners saying, Tom, I hope you don't work for iHeart. No, I work for Cumulus, which is an interesting place the way it is. Uh, iHeart missed $106 million interest payment. How do you miss? So their (laughs) next interest payment is going to be much bigger. Yes, it is. They, uh, they're $22 billion in debt, apparently. Mm. It's going to be kind of tough to get out from under that, don't you think? Now, you know, Mike and Tim, the last time you were $22 billion in debt, how did it work out for you? What is that? Why is the volume on? Oh, it's my sister Vicky. Oh, uh, yeah. There, my sister Vicky was talking a little Super Bowl. Mm. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, the, the there was a deal. The is 60 cents. I think radio, the radio side of the stock is $0.07. Cents. Which is, it's not down that. Well, I mean, Ugh, a year well, ago it was three eighty, so I guess it is down pretty bad. Man, it's the, bad, yeah. The but, Dow is down. Uh, yeah. Speaking of down, the Dow is down 430. Yeah. It's down fourth, so it's over 1,000, what, almost 1,100 points in two days. Yep. And what's driving it? Have they figured out yet what's driving the sell-off? No. Speaking on a uh, local front, uh, Wells is taking it on the chin, too. Well, Wells should take it on the chin. Yeah. They're a filthy bank, and they oh, should yeah. really—they should have shut them down. They had a 2,000-ish drop in 
January 2016 and August 2015. It does happen, yeah. Yeah, so I think this thing just, this kind of thing happens sometimes. We shall see what we shall see. But yeah, they're down, what did you say it is down 430 again? Yep, 429. It was what? What was it? Four six? Excuse me, six sixty last week, last yeah, Friday. Last Friday was like six sixty-five, I think. Six sixty-five. So yeah, it's down eleven hundred points in uh, in two days. That's why when you're president of the United States, you want to go. Did you see the stock market? Man, we're going through the roof. You don't want to do things like that because now you're going to come on and say, "Hey, did you see the stock market? It's mm. dropping like a rock, and that's my fault." You just don't want to do that kind of stuff, Mr. President. It's just not a good idea. To take credit or blame for things you have no control over. Not a good not a good plan. Now, Mr. Lammers, we're going to come back in about uh, 15 seconds, and I want to talk movies with you, because the only thing I hated about the Super Bowl were the horrendous <laughs> movie ads. Oh, yeah? These movies look <laughs> oh, terrible. Yeah. We'll be back in just a couple of seconds. Tim Lammers will be talking movies. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you've noticed your vision getting cloudy, blurry, or dim, or having more difficulty seeing at night, you could have cataracts. Tom here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they do much more? They do, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age where my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Of course, Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology and vision options available, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you've been told you have cataracts or you're wondering why things just aren't as clear as they used to be, call the experts at Whiting Clinic or go to whitingclinic.com to learn more. See the folks at Whiting Clinic in order to see your very best. And don't forget to tell them that I sent you. Minneapolis, Minnesota, this one's for you. Sounds all right to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think the problem was maybe because I do have that brand new 4K TV and it's got a compressor in it or compression in it. And so it automatically brings the volume up. So I didn't hear it didn't drop off for me. So, yeah. So if that happened, because apparently several people are saying that, yeah, you couldn't hear him sing at first. Mm. So, well, it was also very weird that the NBC signal went away for 30 seconds. Did you guys see that? Yes, I did catch that. The screen, yeah, the screen just went blank. No audio, no video, nothing for 30 seconds. So we thought, oh, God, here we go. But <laughs> they popped back on and never even brought it up again. Odd. Okay, so, Mr. Lammers. Yes, sir. From what I'm to understand, what I'm to understand about movies now, uh, after watching the Super Bowl yesterday and seeing the movie spots, we're going to do another Die Hard franchise. It's called Skywalker <laughs> now, or Sky Skyscraper. Skyscraper. Yeah. It's yep. just Die Hard. It's all it is. 
Is it? Yep. And we've got uh, Star Wars Part 95. We got Jurassic World Part 95. So wait, they've got... already announced episode, what would that be, nine? Or is this a new thing? This, this one is uh, a spinoff, a Star Wars story about the um, early days of Han Solo. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that. This has been yeah, coming for a while. and episode nine will be in a year and a half. So, yeah, this was the one that... Uh, the, it was a troubled production because they fired the co-directors um, who did the Lego movie and 21 Jump Street, and they said it was too humorous. You know, this isn't the, the tone of a Star Wars film. So then they brought, about, uh, brought in Ron Howard to essentially reshoot 80% of the film. Um, so, yeah, yeah, they, it, they're way late to the game with any sort of promotional stuff, including this is the first footage the first official footage that came out last night. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you know... Um, what oh, happened? Tim hung up. Call back, Tim. Tim. Some call me Tim. <laughs> call back. Um, this is from... This is what I was telling you about earlier, from Glenn Gevick, or, yeah, I, guess, I think it's Gevick, G-E-V-I-K. Gevick. Glenn Gevick. Friend of ours took the bus shuttle from Duluth to Minneapolis last Friday. She was sitting next to a guy from Philadelphia that had a Super Bowl ticket. He thought Duluth was a suburb of Minneapolis, so he flew into Duluth. No lie, everyone on the shuttle burst out laughing at him. <laughs> God. How do you not do some research? No, look. If, if, if I was going to go to Philadelphia to see the Eagles play, you know what I think I'll do is fly into Pittsburgh because it's in Pennsylvania. I mean, look at the map. Some people are just... Pull out a map, take a gander. There's you know, our friend, Tim. What is this guy? Uh, so, you were saying Han Solo, et cetera, Disney, et cetera. Disney got wind of my, uh, mm. my slamming Star Wars, so they cut me off. I well, understand. I'm this blind. Han Solo thing, I, I can get where they would want to do it somewhat yeah. you know humorous because in the in the movies he's like almost comic relief i mean not really but he's yes. you know yeah. but on the other yeah. hand the one of the reasons that everyone was so upset about that greedo shot first thing which i think is the dumbest thing in the world who cares but the reason a lot of people were so upset is because apparently that scene was supposed to illustrate that before that he uh, met Luke and everything. He was basically just like a, a killer and a bad guy. So technically this movie should highlight what a piece of crap he was. But I doubt they'll be well, doing that. I hope so. I mean, we might be surprised. Yeah. But anytime you fire a pair of directors, anytime you bring in somebody new, you know, to start right away, I mean, they got a big task ahead of them. Yeah. and. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I want it to work. I want it to be entertaining. But again, I mean, there are just so many places you can go with the story. And, and um, the only place for Han Solo, since he died in The Force Awakens, is to go back. And um, so we'll see. I mean, Woody Harrelson's in the picture, and I like him. You know, so who knows? Who, mm. who knows? But again, to illustrate Tom's point, it's just the same thing over and over again. Oh, is it annoying? Yeah. Well, I, I think that there were a couple spots um, that I think there there are some hopes for originality there. There was one called um, The Quiet Place. Did you see that spot? And that was um, Emily Blunt and John oh, Krasinski. Yeah. yeah. 
where they're on the run, and effectively, if they make a noise, whoever the bad people are, they can hear them, and they will come and find them and kill them. Hmm. So they're, you know, it just seemed interesting to me that, okay, this is... Are they going to go through the whole movie sign language, or what are they going to do? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. At least they're trying something a little bit different. And then the other thing that I liked that was original, and I just think from an industry standpoint, from the, the approach, that I think this is really going to change the way movies are going to come out, is how Netflix acquired the third Cloverfield film from Paramount. You know, they had the wherewithal to distribute this thing, but no, they sold the rights to Netflix. And Netflix not only did the um, trailer, which they were expected to do, but they announced that we're going to start streaming it right after the game. So, you know, you're talking about this is the first... I mean, hell, if you're going to announce that the film's going to be on Netflix and you're going to be paying for an advertisement, what bigger audience can you get than the Super Bowl? So I think it was a highly effective move. So I, I praise what they did as for the actual film. I mean, I'm going to watch it tonight to see how good it is. But, um, yeah, what an interesting move. But apart from that, again, The Rock running on the, the scaffolding, you know, how many hundreds of stories in the air and jumping. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, just so ridiculous, man. I have a question for you, by the way. Because I did not yeah. know this, and I, I was told by several people, including this morning by a few people on the uh, on the KQ Morning Show, that Dwayne Johnson is barely six feet tall. That's surprising. Oh boy! You know, boy, he looks tall though, doesn't he? he I mean, looks you know, really there's tall. always there are always tricks. Yeah, I think they make the him look tall. Yeah, but you know, generally. We caught a, uh, the, the kids wanted to watch Hairspray again this weekend, and the girl that was in the film, the film version with Travolta and Chris Walken, her name's Nikki Blonsky, and, and I, I looked it up, she's 4'10", and I said to my kids, they say she's 4'10", which means she's 4'8". <laughs> right. Everybody pads the height in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. Well, it says here, um, Dwayne. Well, I don't know if he's that short. I mean, six feet tall is tall enough yeah that's not for a guy short. like that he seems a lot bigger doesn't he well it says here that he's six foot five no way really yeah it says here uh this is on google that he's six feet five but i've heard know. from several people that worked with him that he's he's barely six feet tall well Could i mean be. i guess if there's any pictures of him out there compared to people whose height we know yeah then, then i guess we could compare oh wait a minute well, I- Here's a new one. Sorry, go ahead. Here's a new one. Dwayne uh, The Rock Johnson, height, 6'2". The third story, uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Mm. (laughs) 6'1". He's losing height in every story. Well, it could be he's just shrinking with age, you know. Five inches. Well, all those muscles weigh a lot, and that's going to put compression on your spine. (laughs) Sure. It actually, it will. Oh, really? Yeah. Because compression oh, on the wow. spine, you know, the, the uh, spinal discs compressing is why people get shorter as they age. And, you know, the more weight on the spine, the worse that's going to be uh, over the course of, you know, what? He's got to be at least almost 50, right? Who? Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Yeah. I think he's 45. Yep. So, yeah, 45. Well, well, you know, 30-some-odd years of that. That's a lot of weight to carry. Yeah, he is, is. He is in great shape, though. You oh, yeah. That much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you really work at it, you can stay in pretty good shape until you're, you know, probably in your 70s. But it's a lot of work, even when you're young. Oh, this is I still like the guy, you know. I mean, he's still likable to me. But, 
you know, I think the key to the success of this movie, because obviously it looks so damn ridiculous, is are they going to be in on the joke? That's why the Fast and the Furious movies work now, mm -hmm. because most of the people, not Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel still takes it very seriously, but The Rock knows he's, it's a joke. Yeah. And, and it's, it's fun to laugh with them instead of at them. You laugh at Vin Diesel, you laugh with The Rock. Now, whether that's going to be the case here or not, I mean, it's, it's almost got to be the way you're going to go, right? Because it's just so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Well, he wouldn't have done Jumanji if he didn't know that there was at least some, uh, like, almost parody aspect to him at this point. Because, you know, everyone yeah. with a very um, unique... Uh, look or the way they talk or whatever is going to become a running gag at some point. I mean, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. He and was let's like, not he, forget his Baywatch. Existence Baywatch. Oh, what a stiff that thing was. <laughs> oh, right. That well, existed. You're right, Mike. That's, that's one of those movies where the only guy that was in on the joke in that movie was Hasselhoff in his yeah. one or two cameo scenes. Right. Everybody else read it like straight up like they were reading a Baywatch script from the 90s and that's why that movie was so horrible yeah, they were just yeah. taking it way too seriously even though it was a comedy yeah, the, they the, were taking it way too seriously the official genre is action comedy but I yeah, guess they thought I that I don't know so we have a they phone call for Tim comedy. Timmy yes yeah we have Craig on the line Craig Tim Craig. Tim Craig Tim you're not going to like me after this phone call I just want to just <laughs> okay. put that out there for you that's great. <laughs> Tim, is there a conspiracy for critics just to rip Netflix? I'm not ripping Netflix at all. I love no, Netflix, no, not not you. You're not. That. They're you're, changing you're not, the way things are being done by taking a film that should have been in theaters and putting it right on the service, uh -huh. which to me was a genius move. I'm not ripping those guys at mm. all. I love Netflix. No, well, not you, Tim. You're part. You're you're the good movie critic but let, let's let's talk about three good examples of how critics have ripped netflix one is bright with will with will smith yeah okay yeah it's a very original film it's got flaws don't get me wrong but it's probably one of the most original films other than the shape of water that come out in 2017 and critics destroyed that film and it did yeah per, and personally i don't feel that they it, it, that movie deserved that much hate. Okay, and number two, Altered Carbon, which is currently on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It is one of the most original sci-fi shows I've seen ever since, uh, you know, Lost, is that it's a very complex drama. I loved every single damn episode. There was vast amounts of female nudity, which I'm kind of pro. <laughs> He's not wrong. I'm kind of pro. And But the what thing was is that it's, it's smart, it's gritty, it's it's very violent, and it's amazing. But if you go and you read the co uh, critics, the main ones, the big publisher co uh, critics, they just hate it. I don't understand why. And number three well, is the, clo the Cloverfield oh, yeah, Paradox. Okay? okay? I watched it last night. I think it's an amazing movie. But it, didn't, it took AV Club an hour and a half. They must have fast-forwarded through the movie because the movie came out at 8, I think, 8.35. They had a review on their website of the movie at 9.45. The movie is two hours long. That doesn't make sense to me. And so, but they ripped it. They said it's slow pacing. It's horrible. I watched the same damn movie. I thought it was pretty good. 
And the last 15 minutes of that movie was amazing. So with that being said, and with what Disney has been doing to critics and what YouTube has been doing to critics in the last couple of months, I personally feel that it's some sort of conspiracy to, to hold Netflix down because it is completely unfair for YouTube to demonetize uh, videos of critics who are critical of Disney movies and then turn around and expect us, the general public, to really think that these critics are being honest with their opinion. Because you honestly can't tell me that The Last Jedi is a masterpiece. I think that is a cluster. And and we whoever directed it, and whoever we'll directed that movie minutes. should be banned. We will be back in just a couple of minutes. Continue the conversation, Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Come leaders who bully like internet trolls. We'll curse you with four-letter words, love and hope, for we will go high even when you go low. The order is rearranging for you. Is there any way we can keep him out of Minneapolis? <laughs> Does he become annoying? That's Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Oh. God, he's so annoying. It is un. Oh, yeah, he God. is. I watched the comedians in cars getting coffee with Jimmy Fallon. He basically, the entire segment, giggled. That's all he did was giggle the whole time. I don't know. I heard he's a very nice guy, but my God, he just... He's not good at comedy. No, he's not. Anyway, Craig's still with us, right? Yeah, sorry. Listen, I just realized, I just listened to myself talk like over the commercial break. I just kind of had like a little realization that I kind of ranted for a couple minutes. <laughs> and I, I just want to apologize to everybody. No, the ranting part is fine. We just had to make sure that... Uh, that we uh, took our break on time. So, okay, so Tim, what do you think about, yeah. about what Craig is saying? Well, um, you know, it is interesting, you know, a couple points. I mean, first of all, Netflix is, like I say, I think that what they did last night is going to change the business. I really do. And 
you know, as far as critics are concerned, I don't know if they look down their nose at Netflix films, kind of in the way, remember when an actor's career was on the downslide and they were started to do straight-to-video movies? Remember that? So, so it kind of felt like, okay, they're just, if you're not on the big screen, you don't matter. Well, now we have this platform, which really, let's be honest, I think produces better content than the Hollywood studios you know, uh, uh, perform yeah. in yeah. not only TV, but film. So I, I'm wondering if that, that whole mindset needs to change is that, no, this, this platform is for real. They do, they're, they're sinking a lot of money into it. Basically what they are is they're the new HBO. They're the new cable effectively. Right. And, um, you know, and, and as a result, I mean, you know, all those cable channels are dying. I mean, HBO, all those, I think they, they advertised last night that they, what was it? Um, some show. Oh, Westworld. They said that was like the first time in 20 years since HBO has done a Super Bowl ad. I mean, that's crazy. So, but this whole thing about, um, I haven't read too much into the whole YouTube channel, but Craig is right. And I don't know how much you know about this, Tom. Um, YouTube is requiring, as of mid-February, that anybody that has a channel has to have at least 1,000 subscribers and a minimum of 1,000 watch hours per month before they can get paid for any content they put up there. Mm -hmm. Which is, if you're a new guy starting out, you know, and I got a small YouTube channel, there's no way putting two, three-minute videos up there, even if I were to get a 1,000 subscribers, to amass that much watch time in a month is nearly impossible. Right. So what he, I guess in a way, it might be conspiracy theory like Craig, you're saying about how that might be going after smaller critics and taking their voice away, because what's the point of putting on videos on YouTube and putting all that time and effort into it without making any money. So there two, might be an argument. Wait, let me let me just say this: is that two weeks after the release of the Last Jedi, is that um, there was a big, massive strike against every single critic. The ones, the, the critics who had a hundred thousand subscribers, everyone down to the thousand uh, subscribers. They all had if you if they had the title um, <clears throat> hate or dislike The Last Jedi. And this guy, uh, just Google Last Jedi YouTube conspiracy. This guy does a really great uh, argument about how, in a course of one day, a uh, hundred videos criticizing The Last Jedi as a horrible movie were all of a sudden demonetized in, in at one setting. And Ooh. so the thing is, is that, remember what Disney did. Disney banned that one critic from Los Angeles who was critical about Pirates of the Caribbean which is a real stretch. And uh, they banned him from reviewing any additional Disney movies. Well, it's then the critics' union uh, told Disney that they won't review any sort of other additional Disney films. So then mm. Disney backed out and allowed that critic to start reviewing Disney films. But the problem is, is that if you take a look at how uh, critics are treating Netflix movies versus big screen movies, it's... It's really, really polar, and I really think that there's something is going on. That there's some sort of not you, Tim. You're 100 percent legit, and that's why I go to you first. But for everybody else, though, it just seems that they're tilting in a direction that a year ago I bet they wouldn't have tilted. And I think that there's some strings being pulled, and I just think it's horrible. Well, one thing I have to say about all this is, you know, this this YouTube move is going to come back to bite them. I really do because. 
they're going to find that if you're not going to pay these people that are churning out content because they are ultimately making money off of it, which that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Why would you demonetize when, in fact, you're taking a big chunk of their money to begin with? So how soon before somebody else creates a streaming service where they do get paid? So I think that might happen in this instance. So I don't know. It's it's a changing business, and, and funny enough, uh, Mike, or was it Andy, who played the times they are changing? I thought that was actually in reference to what we were talking about before the commercial break, because things are changing. They are changing drastically, and um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think you have an interesting argument to make. Um, I, again, I, I can't comment too much on it because I haven't looked into it, but I think it is a pretty interesting observation. And one more thing. Blade Runner 2049 doesn't get nominated for one single Oscar. That's even for set design or production or special effects. I mean, come on. Oh, they, they got some... plenty of nominations, but nothing well, yeah, major, in the, though. In, in the technical, like, best use of Windows 10 in a movie, but when it comes to, like, screenplay or, or like, special effects or something like that, that movie seriously had a legitimate chance at... at uh, being in the Oscar, I and mean, if you're telling me that box office um, performance isn't a factor, it, it's ridiculous. Because I'll tell you, I don't understand why The Shape of Water is nominated so much. You know, it's just a a, a girl who has a disability and she bangs some sort of merman. Big deal. <laughs> Pretty you know? much. I like. You're telling you're telling me that's going to win that one. And you're going to tell me that that's going to win Best Picture? Give me a break. You know? Movie buffs love it. Mm. You know, I, uh, Craig, I, I got to ask This is the thing. I'm sorry, Tom. Go ahead. No, I just want to ask Craig a quick question. Have you seen A Feudal and Stupid Gesture on, on Netflix? I did, and I thought it was a brilliant film. And I did, the way that they, I And that the way that they ended that movie it was perfect. Yep. I was a big National it. Lampoon com, uh, fan. But, you know, if you go online, you re, if you re, re, uh, sorry, if you read reviews of that movie... It's, they rip it. They they shred it apart. What? They say it's a it's a horrible movie. But oh, I loved it. I mean, how are you supposed to shove the whole history of the National Lampoon in two hours? I mean, there could there could be two hours a two hour movie just to, based upon the making of Caddyshack. I mean, mm -hmm. he, they couldn't shove yeah, right. everything in. But I don't know. No, I got to tell. So Tim, you thought you're going to make a point? Will Forte did a good job. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he did. He was really good. But. All right, yeah. Tim. Listen, I'll let, I'll let you go. I'll yeah, let the Tom Bernard podcast get back on the track here. So, <laughs> no, no, we're good, Craig. Thank you very much for coming. Well, no, I agree. With I you. was just going to say, um, as far as the Oscars are concerned, and it's been going this way for a long time. It's it's about making sure that everybody gets an Oscar. You know, yeah, it, that that has turned into the everybody gets a trophy culture, mm -hmm. and I really don't take it that seriously anymore. A lot of people do, and, you know, it still gets ratings and everything like that. But, you know, you're right. As far as box office, right. Uh, Blade Runner 2049 didn't make a lot of money, but if you look at most of the nominated films, most of them haven't even cracked $100 million, you right. know, worldwide. Darkest Hour finally did. And, again, I, I think there are quality films that have been nominated, mm -hmm. and Tom and, and Catherine have seen Darkest Hour, and it's brilliant, and it should be nominated for Best Picture. But then there are other films where you're just scratching your head saying, what? This is my thing every year with the Oscars. It's the one time of the year where art triumphs over commerce, right? It's that one time of the year to tell us that we're smarter than the movie going public and we're going to tell you what's best. Right. And then the next day after the Oscars are over with, they're back to their scheming in the boardrooms trying to figure out what's going to 
bring them in the next, you know, the, the, what's the next billion dollar grossing movie? Yeah, so I, I just don't take the Oscars that seriously at all. Yeah, I don't blame you. Not a lot of people do anymore. Yeah, we don't watch them. I used to watch them when I was a kid. I used to, oh my God, it's the Oscars. This is going to be the greatest. Now, I haven't watched the Oscars in probably 10 years, maybe 15 years. Who can pay attention that long? Exactly. So then, long. And you know what else happened? Then I, uh, when I was four years old, it's like, oh, God. So many categories. It's just too much. So, Tim, just getting back briefly to the uh, Super Bowl movies, uh, I have no interest. I thought Jurassic World was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Just horrendous. <laughs> you were wrong. And then I thought, uh, I've never been a Star Wars fan because I'm not a science fiction fan at all. You're wrong again. Yeah. What other movies did they did they try to pimp? Um, but, you know, I actually, just because he is such of a, a go-getter with his films, um, with the stunts and everything, uh, I thought that the Mission Impossible, yeah. Yeah, again, yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. I, I know that going in, but I love the fact that the guy, he's swinging from this helicopter, and you know it's him. And right. that, to me, just kind of raises the stakes, and I, I like that fact. And so I thought that was a good trailer. Uh, the Avengers, yeah, it looks interesting, and it looks like it's going to get dark, and, and it, it sounds like some of the Avengers aren't going to survive the picture. But my problem with superhero movies has become, you know, how many different storylines can you have going on the screen before it just, you know, everybody gets two minutes, you know? Right. When you're highlighting... Right a dozen, two dozen characters. It just stretches things way too thin. So, you know, I, I thought it was an okay spot. But again, I love those kinds of movies, and I love the Mission Impossible movies. Um, but again, yeah, you see a, you see something for the skyscraper. You see something for Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence. It's like, geez, you know, how many times we got to see this story? It just seems so familiar to me. Yeah, it's all that 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 skyscraper is nothing more than Die Hard. It's exactly what it is: is Die Hard. There's only so many movies you can make unless you want to go like you know really original. But you know that's that takes a lot of effort. And have a real story. <clears throat> exactly. I mean, when it comes down to it, there's. There's probably only like 20 different basic movies that if you don't put some weird twist into, then they're all just basically the same thing. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I wanted to mention quickly because uh, uh wanted to talk about it last week. But I am so glad that you guys loved I, Tanya. I'm so yeah, glad. it was great. It really was. It was great. Total surprise. I mean, Completely out of the blue, mm -hmm. Allison Janney oh. is a force of nature. She is so unbelievable in that movie. Everybody was great, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, Margot Robbie and the guy that played Jeff Galuli, uh, who actually is in the Avengers movie. Uh, <laughs> Sebastian Stan is his name. And then that guy that played the security agent. Oh, my God. And, and it's great because they have footage of the real guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're looking at the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. great. It was great. No, you were right on the money about that. We absolutely loved I, Tanya. And, again, I, I, I don't reveal for people who haven't seen it yet, but what what Allison Janney, at her, as her mother does to her at the end of the movie, is oh. so out of line. It is unbelievable. Yeah. So <laughs> just tell me, did you really, did you do it? Oh, my God, you filthy pig. <laughs> well, you know, there was a, an ABC special on on um, the real Tanya Harding where they interviewed that mother. Right. And she is a mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She is a piece of work. God. 
And there again, yes, she does take credit for, you know, the, the tough love. Of her. I think it was far beyond tough love. Yeah. Yes. It was just downright cruel yeah, what she did to that woman. No, you realize in the movie how horrible um, human beings both uh, the husband and the mother were. Uh-huh. And to me, it really changed my perspective of, of Tanya Harding. I, I felt she felt vindicated after the picture, and she should. Cause nope. She was so hated after that whole thing. Yeah. So great tip, Timmy. Another great week, and we will talk to you on KQ this week. On Thursday morning, we got the 1517 to Paris, which is the true life story of those guys that took down the Paris on the train. I like it. It works for me. All right. Talk to you Thursday morning. Have a great week, everybody. You too, Tim. Thank you. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.